and welcome to the Livon Lickman Show, the show that explores the human factor around business and entrepreneurship in a hybrid world. I'm Livon Lickman, your host, the global business development specialist, business relationship and personal branding amplifier and speaker. And I'm so excited to get to talk about one of my favorite topics, personal branding and how to leverage on it. And my guest today is actually someone who impressed me from day one by her approach to personal branding and impact. Hello, Vicky Sanders, straight from Brisbane, Australia. How are you? I'm great, Laurent. How are you? Good. And it's so good to see you again. We actually met a few years ago on a business trip in Taiwan. And I do remember that from day one, I loved your... Your, your approach to branding and business was so fresh in my eyes. So I'm so happy to have you here. That's really nice to hear. I, you know, I've been doing this, I guess, now for 11 years and I still hear that a lot. It's really nice. It's um, kind of, it, it's a topic that so many people are much more aware of. But as you say, my approach is a little bit, a little bit different. Yeah. And um, we're going to dive and try to understand uh, why and how it became different. And, you know, I think personal branding and networking are topics that are being talked so often. But then again, it's hard to find someone who brings like another angle to it. So that's what I see in you. Thank you. Um, I love this show as well. It's such a privilege to be on here. I was yeah, I've been listening to your shows a little bit and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, <laughs> what am I going to say? That's is half of half as impressive as those people that you've had on before, all the previous guests. So let's give it a go. <laughs> it's my privilege and my honor having you. So just for the listeners, actually, it's a good segue to, to share a bit about you. So Vicky is the founder of The Brand Builders, which is a company that improves the athletes' brands and sponsorship landscape and is completely obsessed with teaching others on how to connect with opportunity and personal brand uh, at the heart of it. Uh, you're an author of four books. I'm actually trying to write one, and oh my God, four is amazing. Amongst them, Sponsorship for Athletes um, and a popular speaker. You bring a creative and commercially savvy approach to your work, and you're going to see it, and you're obsessed with creating positive impact on the world. Um, and the topics that we chose to talk about today would be how to explore uh, brands and how you can leverage one's brand if you're an entrepreneur, uh, an athlete, or again, working, I guess, also in a company, uh, how to spot opportunities and how to integrate impact into brands. And um, I mean, when we first connected um, I recall being really deeply moved by, by your commitment to supporting athletes and securing sponsorship for them, while also creating a positive global impact. I actually remember us walking in Taiwan, and you shared with me with so passion that you are want to make the world a better place. And I was moved by this specific sentence. You see what we remember after a few years. So if you could share an insight about your background and how it guided you to specialize in, in what you do. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's, that's a beautiful story. Thank you for reminding me of that. Um, do you know, funnily enough, my story before I launched my business um, involves Israel because my background is marketing and proposal writing. And I was doing that in an industry that I was not passionate about at all and was very eager to get out of, which is the mining industry here in Australia. It conflicted with many of my values for lots of different reasons, from the environmental perspective, from the... Uh, treatment and disregard of the Indigenous people and their sacred lands. And even the way some of the people were treated, I was told as a woman within the business I worked in that I'd never make senior management because I'd never worked out in the field on the tools. So there were all these things working against me. I thought, you know what? It's paying the bills. It's also paying my boyfriend's bills because he's doing all these big 
long distance runs, breaking records, whoop-de-doo. <laughs> he was actually pretty incredible. But I needed this work. But I thought, you know what? He probably could do with some sponsorship. So I took what I knew from marketing and proposal writing and I said to him, how about I help you get some sponsors? I'm not going to do it for you. You're not big and famous enough to deserve an agent and I don't have the time. But I think I can kind of help you get in the room with businesses and offer them some value in exchange. And that's what we did for about four or five years. He ran the length of Australia. He ran the length of Israel on the um, Cheville. I can't say it properly, but the trail that goes from the north. He was a long distance mountain runner, never, never became famous. What he was able to do and we were able to create on these very costly, you know, adventures that he did, costly because we had to take months off work, costly because of the logistics and the support, we were able to engage hundreds of thousands of dollars of sponsorship in all different forms, in money, in product, in service, in media, in, you know, all sorts of value exchange ways. Um and, you know, he never became famous, but the, the sponsors became very happy with what they got in return, keynote speeches, promotion, media, attending events where they got to network with other businesses. And while many people said to me, he's taking advantage of you, look at what you're doing for him. Come on, Vicky, have some self-respect. You know, he's getting all of the spoils. You're just in the background working. I was like, but I really like it. <laughs> I really like this. I like figuring this stuff out and testing it. And he goes off and has his meetings and comes home with a $50,000 sponsorship. I, I love it. I don't want to do those meetings. Um, and so what evolved from that was my business the sponsorship consultants, as it used to be called. And I taught athletes how to get sponsorship. And that's what I did for a few years. Um, I read a book. I left my job. Goodbye. And I started my business and was doing seminars and doing consulting. And, you know, I got a call one day from the Australian Institute of Sport, which I thought was a joke because I'd only been around six months. And they said, we see you everywhere. And I'm like, yeah, I'm a little bit like <laughs> doing all the media, doing all the posts. Hi, hi, hi. And they said, we, we should talk. We are looking to get some education for our athletes. And from there, my business really took off because having the Australian Institute of Sport as a client allows you to go and tell other people that you want to work with, hey, I work with them. Maybe you want to work with me. So in a, in a way, I built my own brand as an individual around the world. And, and that's kind of how it started. You know, I went from charging athletes small amounts to help them to charging sports organizations larger amounts to help groups of their athletes learn how to get sponsorship for themselves. I got an intern about five years ago, so halfway through the, you know, five years into my business. She was super smart. I'm like, I want to keep her. And I said, how do I get to keep you? She's like, you could employ me. And so I did. And then I said, how do I make sure that you don't leave? Is it just about, you know, increasing your salary every year? And she said, no, I want to get really involved in the business. Let me help create some content and great. And so a couple of years in, she said, you know what? We're called the sponsorship consultants and we teach sponsorship to athletes and sometimes to businesses and events and we work on government projects. But I don't think sponsorship's really what we're about. And I'm like, okay, what are you talking about? <laughs> Crazy. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I think it's I think we teach people about their brand and because we were talking about brand at that point, but she goes, I think brand is the umbrella and sponsorship's just one of the outcomes. I was like, yeah, that's a nice idea. I, that's nice. I like that. Okay. We're not changing the business name. Anyway, as you now know, we are called the brand builders because <laughs> yeah. she came and tapped me on the shoulder a couple of months later and she's like, listen, I feel like maybe some people are overlooking us because 
Mm-hmm. They don't want sponsorship. They don't want to pay for their professional athletes to get sponsored. They're already paying them a salary. Yeah. They'd like them to know about the brand. And I was like, oh, okay, it's good for business. Let's do that. Amazing. Here we are. <laughs> and I love your stories because it's actually entwined so much uh, of the brand building process. So it started with being in the mining industry, which was not aligned with your values. And brand is about value uh, correlation. And then yes. you were saying that you you built um, your boyfriend at the time brand and then you were approached because people, your brand was seen. So other uh, institutions uh, approached you, you know, in your brand, when you are associated with um, known bodies in your industry, like the Australian, was it sports institution, then it yes. increases your brand and then you can ask for more, do more. That's amazing. So all of your actually um, story is an amazing be- branding building story. I loved it. I didn't know that until we just <laughs> pointed that out. Yeah. How good that's a that's a real lived experience. And I didn't yeah. so I've never studied this stuff. And it's always just been, I'm just gonna write a book. I'm just gonna see what words come out. And it's felt a little bit inspired. Yeah. I'll be at the computer typing, like you know those videos where there's like a cat typing. Yeah. You're like, that's me. Book. Yeah. 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 And I it's interesting that you just picked up that that has actually been my experience because it's always felt when I've taught stuff, it's always been, what can I teach that I know is the truth and helpful? Yeah. Not some concept that maybe is going to work and I'm going to test it out. It's like, what do I know? And what can I share that's really helpful? Yeah. Thank you. It's a lot about passion and authenticity and authenticity is, you know, it's an overused word sometimes, but when really, when things are real for you, as you said, you're just writing without even thinking. And, and I think, you know, you give a lot of good example to everyone who listens to us and obviously people who work for you because you really um, followed your, I think your, you know, your calling or what makes sense for you. And I love this example. That's a great, uh, great way to begin our um, our interview. And also, so for the next question would be, can you explain the relationship between brand and business opportunities? Just like you said, like you build your brand and then opportunities came in. But why so many people are out there and they don't necessarily have opportunities? So what is the relation or how to um, impact on it? So I think this might speak to one of your later questions, which is about in, like social impact and um so the, the way that we teach brand is we always start with identifying your brand like what is it and I don't mean what color font you use on your website or what clothes you wear or what's your signature you know elevated pitch I don't know it's not that it's the inside stuff what do you care about what are you interested in? Like not the stuff that you're passionate about that you're going to go and, you know, set the world on fire with, but the stuff that you kind of like, you know, you might like sewing or baking or like for me, I like baking cupcakes. It's a thing. It's, it's part of, it's a little part of my brand. It really is. Um, and so all of those things, you know, what what's your message to the world? If everyone was listening, what would you like them to know? What would you like to say? Um you know, who you are in terms of your values, your code of conduct and your behavior. So the inside stuff. So when we talk about being authentic or true to ourselves, it's when all that inside stuff guides us because we listen to it and comes out because we want to share it. And when we put it into action, we put in all the things about us. We share stories, we do things, we're making decisions and behaviors based on our on our brand um, and we're having conversations about stuff that we're interested in with people that we're interested in talking to, um, then that brand itself 
gets built and gets developed and gets nurtured. And so being authentic is not about being a good boy or a good girl. It's actually about being true to yourself so that you're happy with what comes out and then it then is able to be sustained and developed over time um, because that's what you're, yeah, you're putting into action. So for people in business, you know, it's sometimes you you want to chase something. You want to chase an opportunity. You want to chase an end result, an outcome. And it's really hard. And I know there'll be people listening going, I don't have time for this. It's really hard to take the time to step back and look inside and not be scared that some of the things that you might be interested in may seem completely unrelated to your work or your business objectives and things like that. In my experience and with the people that I work with, athletes, leaders, entrepreneurs, when they take the time to look inward and then start applying that outwardly, um, they have all these funny coincidences happen. A month later, six months, a year, two years later, they're like, oh, this opportunity came up or this led to this and led to that. And look, it's actually in line with what my goals and objectives were. Yeah. So, you know, that could be athletes getting sponsored. Someone comes and taps them on the shoulder at an event and says, hey, I know you. You're that guy that really cares about the whales. Yeah. Me too. How can I help you? You know, random stuff. It's like, why Why is an athlete posting about whales? That You know? Yeah. You're saying it's not necessarily what you do. It could even be like the random stuff, like the fact that you love cupcakes could connect you to other people on a different level, but it's still connecting. Exactly. And I think, so yeah, as a, as a person, um, yeah, as a business person or as an athlete, people want to connect with you and they don't just want to have these one-dimensional superficial relationships that are transactional like yeah wanting to connect about different things in different ways um and I do that was yeah so just to add a little bit more to that that social impact piece I've always believed and I've experienced that in any commercial relationship there's opportunity for social impact and in any situation that looks just like a charitable or social impact activity there's always room for commercial involvement so I've always tried to include all three teaching athletes how to get sponsorship I'm like yeah sure you can go and get sponsorship from a brand could you also partner with a charity or raise awareness about a cause could that add depth could that elevate you and your sponsor so I've always snuck that in so you're saying to build a brand which is which is unique, which is impactful, it could be not only me and the sponsor and the company. Could, if, if I add like a, a cause or again an NGO or something around that, that could even leverage my brand and give me another maybe layer that is not does not exist with someone else. Uh, exactly. Which I think is amazing. You know, I was just got interviewed a few days ago to um, a podcast here in Israel with a marketer called Ori Clipper, and she's also about marketing and impact. And when we talked about um, contributing to um, NGOs, like if you go on my website, and I know a lot of service providers and big companies that I have a page that says that I donate some you know portion of my income, and we just thought about it, and we don't know any single startup who. Um, you know, actively or maybe just vocally says they're doing it. I'm sure they are, but they have, you know, uh, investors money and they can just, you know, donate it because they need it. And I think if startups would have maybe doing more things like that and talking about that, that would help them getting from being a no name into maybe, you know, giving them a differentiator in in front of clients or investors. I completely agree with that. And there are so many benefits to that. You know, if they're trying to grow an audience, they're trying to raise their profile. People want to see that there's more to a business than just the 
commercial aspect. They want to know that they really care. So if you're if you're claiming to be an eco-friendly, I don't know, coffee cup company, what are you actually doing yeah. for environment or for people or for you know um ethical business practices for example yeah um yeah that's a really good point I like that and I'm sure startups are doing good stuff they're maybe not talking about exactly exactly now you know you actually developed your own niche um and you know you you take athletes and also some businesses and help them to find um sponsorship within companies and you wrote on your website a part of many others amazing things and blog and I really recommend to go on it um the brandbuilders.com right or the brandbuilders.com.au um you wrote that um there is an abundance of opportunity out there and it's about connecting with the right people and companies in the right way so how can our audience are startup founders and uh, and professionals in high tech. So how can they connect with the right people in the right way to create a sponsorship, uh, business result, career growth? Yeah, I think, again, it comes back to looking inwardly, both at what you're looking for out of a partnership or a relationship. It's about value exchange. So what, what would we as a business benefit from at this point in time and maybe in the future? Are we looking to increase our audience or you know awareness in a market so brand awareness followers on social media um do we need some more um do we need to improve or change our reputation do we need funding what what exactly do we need what would be valuable to our business um because that then gives you clues about what kind of businesses and organizations you might like to partner with strategically so it's not always about the mighty dollar. It's about strategic partnerships as well. So if you were to partner with a business that could boost your credibility, raise you know awareness of your brand, um, or even to you know elevate the profile of your people, things like that, they might there might be opportunities like that that are beyond you know financial and commercial. Um, and then in turn, you also then need to think, well, what could we offer? Because I don't know about you. Laurent, but over the years, I've had a lot of people contact me to partner with my business. And within a few minutes, it becomes very clear that yeah. what they would actually like is access to my network. Yeah. And then they tell me that they'll give me a kickback. And I'm like, I don't want 15% of not much. Thank you. Or 2% or whatever. And it's not a partnership. It's it's them seeing something that they want, but not having had the time to think about what I might want in return. So that's those two things are key. Look at the value exchange really holistically. Could that business perhaps, you know, open up some doors for you? And in return, do you have some specialist skills within your business that you could offer to them? You might see that they're not doing very well with social media and you've got someone who's incredible and could maybe do some strategy with them and some content development. Yeah. Just being creative about that value exchange. I think it's really about, as you said, having the right mindset of understanding what can I give them apart from maybe my solution, which could be amazing. Um, and also, um, yeah, how can I be creative about it? Um, and again, like Israel is known and I know a lot of um, amazing solutions and bright people. Um, and, and still, when they go to the global market, because Israel is not like it's kind of a better sign. Uh, when they go to the global market, they're nobody. And and investors say, okay, you're from Israel, I may give you another point. But still, how can you make, make a difference? And I also, because some of our audience are also professionals in organizations, so what you said about 
um, maybe partnering with relevant bodies in your industry. If you're in an organization, I guess you can also partner with different divisions or managers or people, right? That could also give you this um, maybe reputation or access or... Yeah, I think so. You know, one of the things you want is a reputation, like a good one. You want to be known for something. And it may not just be your key product or your key offering. It could be that plus something else. So, you know, it may be also that something that you look is something that you look for with a, with a partner is sharing a message or sharing a belief or a passion about something that you could maybe collaborate on. Yeah. So it's raising your profile as that person or that business who, you know, really cares about this cause or has created this social impact outcome or, or charitable outcome and then people go oh yeah what's their product again okay yeah that's interesting you know it just there's no guarantee but it definitely it it just strengthens and adds depth and um more feeling to what you do it's not just like if you were going to choose between two businesses you might go to the one where you get a real sense of the people investors always say and I don't believe it because no one's ever invested in me I haven't really asked, but um, <laughs> investors always say they invest in people, not products. Yeah. Is and, that right? And Something the, like that? Yeah. I mean, people are obviously the one of the most important components, but still, are you scalable? Are you going to give me my, you know, return? You know, yeah. investors need to eventually, you know, give their investors a return on investment. But obviously, Absolutely. you know, it's about sometimes it's even stronger than marriage, you know, when you're uh, tied to an investor. So so people are definitely an important component around that. And, you know, I when I when I went on your website, I saw um, different examples. So if you can also share some examples of how athletes brands have contributed to sponsorship opportunities, just to give us maybe some ideas from this world to the high tech world, startup world. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, actually, you know, I've got a really nice one. And feel free if I haven't said the ones that you are most interested in, just give me a little. Sure. <laughs> tell me which- um, there's one I really enjoyed and am proud of, and that was a sports medicine clinic that opened up in a, you know, a, an inner city suburb of Melbourne. And their whole launch strategy was about engaging ambassadors to represent them. So you always think about ambassadors as, you know, a, a business brings them on or a brand bring, brings them on, and then those ambassadors go out and create, you know, awareness and grow the audience. But it happened before they were engaged. And I think that was a really clever bit. So when they advertised that they were searching for five ambassadors, local athletes, not elite, just people who really represented the community, um, it went viral. I mean, as viral as things in Melbourne go, you know, everyone that was a runner or an athlete knew about this campaign. Um, they had something like, oh, my God, like I think it was some crazy amount, like 600 applications. So I know that doesn't sound a lot, but that's 600 oh, athletes that have gone, yeah, they've gone. Do what what they can, right? Yeah, because most athletes wouldn't wouldn't do it. They'd be like, oh, no, I'm not good enough. I'm not this enough. Yeah. So 600 athletes. Around the same time, Musashi, which is a sports nutrition brand, they were doing their recruitment campaign and they had these pictures of these shiny, muscular, glossy athletes. It's like, will you be our next warrior or whatever it was? They had 57 applications in the same region. Crazy. Because they put people off. So going back to Freedom Sports Medicine, their whole recruitment campaign, we designed that to actually be brand awareness. 
that was when we got, you know, all of their new social or their first love, you know, few thousand social media followers and the local community knew about them. So the recruitment of ambassadors was kind of secondary to what they were really doing. And it was a bit of a test. I'm like, let's just see if this works. I don't know if it will. And it did. Um, So I guess what I'm saying with that, that was a really interesting one because they recruited athletes who actually then went on to be fantastic ambassadors and we'd got them, we'd, we'd chosen athletes that we knew could fill the brief. So the value exchange from the athletes was promoting the business in really natural and organic ways, going to events that they'd normally go to and participate in, you know, wearing the branded clothing and giving out some vouchers and going along to events as um, volunteers representing this business and um, doing educational and training and fitness sessions within the business for the clients. It was very organic. There was nothing. Yeah. Pushy. Bright and pushy. Yeah. 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 There was no glitz and glamour. It was like, let's just do this. And it worked really well. It actually yeah. reminds me the um the commercials of Dove where they like to take like you know their women clients um and yeah. I think it it serves as a great example and people want to feel related and on the one hand so ambassadors doesn't have to be like you know those like big influencers um and also you said that the campaign was actually possibly like one of the biggest um awareness points rather than like the the, the application rather than the complaint the campaign right so. Yeah. yeah, what they did, like the ambassadors that they engaged, then kind of kept that audience that they'd built, yeah. they kept them engaged and grew it from there. But um, yeah, yeah, that worked well. And I think, you know, if I look at any athlete sponsorship, it's always the ones that have worked really well mm-hmm. is when the athletes and the brand have a real relevance to each other. Yeah. And genuinely want to do things to help each other and help themselves. So there's yeah. a real interest there. Yeah. That's amazing. That's an amazing story. Um, and if I'm trying to take it to the to the startup world, and, and again, for we're talking about startup founders or, you know, they're usually like n- no names in the global arena. And and how I don't know if, if they can get sponsorship or maybe um, um, some endorsement. But how would you uh, what would you suggest startups so they could leverage on opportunities for them through their brands? Yeah, look, it's a space that I'm I'm sort of a little bit familiar with, but I guess on maybe more of a local scale, but maybe it's still helpful. Definitely. Um, one thing I'll share, it's a really interesting story with a brand Ooh. called Strength Matters, who are a fitness brand. They are global, um, but they're based in the UK and they did um, conferences around the world and they had online training and books and T-shirts and all sorts of stuff. And they tried to get sponsorship, which made sense. You know, they held fitness events all around the world that fitness professionals would attend for qualifications and, conf- and you know, just general seminars. And they approached me because they said, oh, can you help us get sponsorship? And I was like, yeah, easy, no brainer. They gave me their list of contacts. And I'm like, you've got a great network. Um, and then they had no success. They were going to places like Adidas and the North Face, and so on, and um, really no interest. And I was scratching my head thinking, what have I missed here? What are, am, I, am I irrelevant in the market? Like I was questioning myself. I don't know if that's a female thing, but I did. I was like, why yeah. is this just failing? Like these people have paid me money and I haven't got them a cent back. And then another, like one of those moments, I'm like, oh, 
Call it advertising. Mm -hmm. Sponsorship makes people think that they might be giving away more than they're getting back. Advertising, they're investing their money. And I kid you not, within a couple, two or three weeks, they had loads. They paid my, they covered what it cost to engage me. So I was happy. I was off the hook. And then from there, that's what they've done. They've called it advertising. So I wonder if there's something, you know, if you're a, if you're a, a startup, um, if you're doing things that are growing your profile and your brand, maybe you can bring some businesses along for the ride. If you're doing a podcast, maybe get some paid, yeah. you know, some paid advertising, things like that. But I think, you know, it does come back to taking that holistic approach to your brand. So yeah. looking more broadly at what you want, what you're interested in as a business or as an individual and trying to see where those connection points could be with other businesses. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know if that helps, but I just think it's maybe we don't always want to look at it so yeah. um, at the most, the most obvious thing for that business was sponsorship, but it wasn't. It was advertising which is just a different word so just like um just like companies are different you know their go-to-market strategy their business strategy is different then i guess they need to creatively find a solution it's not like a magic formula like there is there are some pillars to it but you need to think what would be the right um approach for me yeah exactly yeah uh, i think that's it that's that's uh, yeah. that's where your brand comes into play we've yeah. all got diff- we've got the same elements of our brand but they all look a little bit different or very different. And as you said, sometimes there is, you know, this cookie cutter approaches that people are are using. For example, in the startup scenes, many of them are going to find um, uh, design partners, which is, you know, partnering with with um, potential clients on designing the product. So they get it for a very low um, uh, amount of, of like the price is very low. And then the, the startup could refine his um, his product. But maybe there are another maybe there are other ways. Maybe it's not, you know, the only way, maybe because everybody's doing this, you should not do this because then you can yeah. stand out. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. Because I'm sure it's the same over there. You know, I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, investment here is is less, um, pe- people are more careful about how they invest these days. Like, you know, there's a little while ago, that, and I think the bubbles burst, where there was just sort of money being handed out. Oh, you've got an idea. Here, have half a million dollars. Yeah. Now it's, well, have you got the wireframe? Have you got? Have you tested it in the market? But basically, do you have a successful business already operating? Exactly. Then we might invest. That's what. That's what it's like here. Um. So yeah, sure. Look dif- Look differently at it. It might be the same thing, but how can you yeah. shift the lens a little bit and do things differently? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and we actually briefly mentioned it yes earlier, but um, I want to talk to you a bit about self worth and possibly owning your own brand. I see it as a I see it with a lot of women, but I also see it with startup founders, men and women. Um, how do you find the relationship between self worth and capitalizing on opportunities? I mean, how do you address self worth, possibly around athletes uh, that I'm sure yeah. suffer from this as well? They do. They do. Um, I think. The- best thing I can suggest is that you productize what you're offering yeah stop it being about you it's not that they're rejecting you or they don't want you but the things that you've identified that you can offer as value right now and not things that they see value in for their business right now and you know it it, it helps soften the blow a little bit I think you know so you're going to the table with some offerings you're right as an athlete I can do a keynote speech I've got great social media skills I can help create content with you. Um, I'm a great mentor. I could work with some of your your leaders or some of your younger staff, and they might go, "Yeah, that's great, but we don't need that right now. We've got we've got that covered." So it's a little bit less painful than, "No, sorry, we're not interested in you." Yeah, 
So it's yeah. kind of detaching yourself from your image in a way. Like you say, look at myself as a product. It's not easy to, I mean, people, some people really like, like go away from this. I'm not a product, I'm a person. But then again, you are yeah. in a way. Well, you need to be able to compare apples with apples, don't you? Yeah. Like a business, you think about the different departments of a business. Well, there's a different departments of you. There's your professional skills, your interpersonal skills, your sense of humor. I don't know. Or, you know, all the different things that you bring. You know, a business needs to be able to ascertain the value exchange there. So it's not that they don't like you or they don't see value in you. It's just that there isn't necessarily an alignment of those things right now. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, the truer you are to yourself and you're guided by your brand, mm-hmm. your values, the things you're interested in, the things you're passionate about, what your message is, and yeah. you choose businesses or you approach businesses where you've done a bit of homework and you've seen, oh, good, they, we care about the same stuff or we're speaking the same kind of words and language and they treat their people really well. There's already, you know, maybe a bit more of a chance that it's going to work. You're not just going to some random business that you know has got lots of money, but there's no deeper levels of correlation. So it all comes down down to correlation, like value correlation, um, goals, impact. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, you cannot necessarily have like create partnership with everyone from what you're saying, uh, but we right. can the right ones. <laughs> yeah, it comes back to the you know yeah. human relationships. We're not going to get along with everybody. We don't need to. We don't yeah. need a million friends. What yeah. would you do? Everybody liked you and wanted to be your friend. Yeah. No. <laughs> Possible. Yeah. So it's okay to be selective and to be guided. You know, the, the more that you use your brand like a filter mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. A, a wayfinder, then you're going to find the right things that are right for you. And it's going to put away and aside the things and the opportunities and the businesses that aren't right for you. So I love it. You know, use your brand yeah. as a filter. That's such a great like tagline amazing yeah I like that (laughs) yeah it's true and um, you know we talked a bit about um about the brand um components obviously values and and how to find the right people and so on and about owning it and productizing yourself um but what what would you how what would you see as the primary challenge or issue within that process I mean because again, I'm going to to the primary audience of of startup founders or professionals in high tech companies. Many of them don't like to promote themselves. They don't understand the name of the brand. But what do you see as a challenge, and how would you address it? So for them to be able to eventually again monetize on a brand. I think what might be challenging for people who don't want to promote themselves. Um, so I didn't used to like it. I don't particularly want to stand on stages. Um, I like talking to you, but I probably prefer if we weren't recording it. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I like you mean. <laughs> I honestly believe yeah. that we sometimes just have to get out of our own way a little bit with that stuff and have a reason for doing what we're doing. So don't just go out there and speak at events and promote yourself if you don't have something substantial behind it. So my little rule of thumb for anything is, do I know what I'm talking about? Can I be of value and service to the room or to the podcast or whatever? Um, And is there someone that could maybe benefit from this? Mm -hmm. And if I can tick those boxes, okay. Yeah. Like if you ask me to come on and talk about business finance and how to 
you know, manage your finances as a small business, I would say that's not my area of expertise. And I have a fantastic bookkeeper and an accountant. You can speak with them. I, I think I'm a little bit illiterate with numbers. Um, so I wouldn't, I would have said no, because it's not my area of expertise. I probably can't help anyone. Um, but I think that's the same for startup founders. Like think about what's your big picture. And if it means you sharing some of this story and your your journey and whatever that looks like in a promotional sense, are you doing it for the greater good? Are you doing it to help your business? Are you doing it to help someone in your business? Like if your marketing person's like, come on, please go on this show. I need you to help me. It's going to really help boost our, you know, our, um, our reach. Or is it going to help your customer? Or is it going to help your business get investors? Or is it going to help some person or the world? So think about that. What's the impact? And Try not to get in your own way about that if you can. And if you hate public speaking, go and do some training. I did that. I did quite a bit of training at the start just to not be so nervous. Yeah. And now we speak on so many stages. And that's amazing. I love that you shared because it, it's, you don't have to, you know, like have this ability since, you know, you were born. You can definitely work on it. Yeah. Not like yeah. you. Like you've had it like since you were a teenager. You're incredible. <laughs> You know, <laughs> you look down. There is never you never get it all, which I love that you never get it all because that's mean that you always have to develop. Um, and I mean, you also said that um, that it's really not about you. So when you take a responsibility and own a company or being again an athlete, you have responsibility on your clients. You said like um, investors and other people that you can impact. So I love what you say about if you have this opportunity, don't, don't you said don't be in your own way or something like that. Don't interrupt yourself. Yeah. Get out of your own way. Get yeah. out of the way. <laughs> Get out of the way and just <laughs> give it right. a break. And, you know, again, I'm always trying to make this correlation between the athlete's world to the to the um, startup founder's world. So in the athlete's world, you actually, you write sponsorship letters and you teach them how to nail sponsorship. And in the startup world, this could be, again, an opportunity, a client, a partnership. Do you have a certain maybe formula to structure um, an approach, an email? Uh, what would be the best way to, to write it or to do it? That's a good question. Um, so the way, and that's funny, let me, let me maybe just reframe the athlete. So we think about athletes in terms of sport. I have nothing to do with sport. I rarely even, if I've got a group of athletes in the room, I don't even know what sport half of them do because <laughs> it's not what they are is a solopreneur. Okay. They are a one-man band. They are a business with all of the departments. They're their own marketing and sales and admin and everything. So Yes, they're athletes, they do sport, but when I work with them and they're looking at this side of things, the brand and sponsorship, they're basically a, a one-person business. So it's very similar to startup founders. Um, I think the best, I mean, without being specific about what words you would say, I think the best thing with any sort of introduction to the fact that you are wanting to speak with them about a partnership or a sponsorship is making it as personal and as personable as you can at the start. So if you know something about them or you know them, bring that in early on. Keep that initial introduction or that email really short, like respect their time. They don't know you. Why would they want to spend 10 minutes reading yeah. a long email? Take the responsibility of making it easy for them to read the whole thing, get a sense of you and enjoy it and know what's next. Is the email to ask for a meeting? is the email to ask them to read a document that you're wanting to send them 
or to watch a video, invite them. Don't bombard them with information and just play it cool a little bit. Like don't go in with everything. Like don't throw all your cards on the table at the start. Just, you know, it's like it's kind of like asking someone on a date. Yeah. You might go for a drink and then they might like to continue and go on for dinner or they might say, thank you, no, Mm -hmm. I'm okay, I'm good. So I I think it's very much the same. You want to know, like let's say going back to that scenario, you're going on a date with someone, you know you're going for a drink, you're kind of hoping that you might go for dinner. So you know the restaurant around the corner and you've maybe booked a table or you know that they've got a table. So you know what's next. They don't, but you do. So that if that happens, you're ready and you're prepared. And it's the same with you've kind of thought out what the sponsorship and the partnership could look like. But you're going to just let this play out and be ready to respond to them. I love it. Yeah. And and again, maybe there, there are more fish in the sea. So if it doesn't work with one, then you have obviously other other options. Um, and I also want to ask you, so that was like this was that was like a great structure of how how again to approach and, and started with with the end in mind. But we talked about the fact that people don't like to promote themselves and what are the risks of not pursuing opportunities? I mean, can a brand become irrelevant because he's not pursuing anything? Yeah, I mean, if your product's just really great mm-hmm. and if you get lucky and you get investors that are going to do all that stuff for you, well, <laughs> you're the unicorn, aren't you? Yeah. Um, some of the most, there's a fantastic brand here called Vald, V-A-L-D, Mm-hmm. They are sports tech. They're yeah. equipment that you can use to test stuff. They're turning over millions, tens of millions of dollars a year. If you look, their CEOs are active on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. They are sharing stories. I don't know if someone else is posting for them, but I get to understand what's happening in their company from the CEOs. It's not yeah. just the business page posting. Um, and they're going to the sales meetings. They're out there, you know, walking the walk and talking the talk, and they always have done. Um, yeah. So, you know, is it because they like doing it? No, I actually don't think, I know one of them probably doesn't really like doing that stuff, but he knows it's good for business. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's extremely rare and lucky you're going to have to do this stuff. So you might as well, you might as well just start now because it's going to get harder. It's yeah. going to get bigger. The stuff is going to be bigger. The meetings are going to be more important. So it's probably good to just start at the start and develop those skills. And then you'll build the confidence as you go along. You, of course, you're going to feel nervous and you're not going to enjoy it at the start. You yeah. feel that kind of, you know, um, but that's how you build the confidence. By doing. And I actually read this um, research in the States that says that companies that their CEOs or C-levels um, have their own brand and, you know, nour- nourishing, nurturing their brands actually have 82 more chances to be successful and people want to buy from them because the, the CEOs or the heads of the companies are a brand. So that's really like correlates with the success of a company or, or a solo entrepreneur and, and so on. <laughs> And um, like, look yeah. at brands. I know that's a very, that's yeah. so he's so far removed from most of us, but he's a really great example of his brand is what we bought into. Who is it? Uh, Richard Branson. Oh, Richard Branson. Oh, I love yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. He's he makes you want to fly. Airlines. <laughs> yeah. He's about fun and, and business and entrepreneurship and take the risk. And if you've ever yeah. flown um, Virgin, you know, they have this like little like kits and different lightings and just really fun experience in, in everything he like any touch point with his brand. So that's a good, good example. And, you know, before we finish off, um, I know activism and again, impact is so is such a big part of, of you and, and what you do. So how do you incorporate impact and activism into your work? 
In a few ways. One, um, I intentionally, so from a personal level, every time I do a talk or a podcast interview, I will find a way um, to mention something that matters to me. So I was going to apologize at the start that my voice is a bit hoarse. It's because five days ago, I screamed so loudly for the Matildas at the World Cup quarterfinal that I lost my voice for two days. Did they win? It was, <laughs> you won. Yeah. We're playing again tonight. And, you know, there were so many women and young girls and young boys in the audience and loads of men. And so many of us women are getting very emotional because this isn't about football. This is about women's sport. And it's not even about women's sport. It's about women. It's yeah. about the next generation. And it's so powerful, you know. The country's shutting down tonight to watch this game. Mm-hmm. It's never happened before in women's sport. So, you know, I would have found a way to mention that. And plus, you know, I always, um, when I speak overseas, I always say things like about um, here in Australia, we start all our presentations with an acknowledgement of country. So the traditional owners of the land, the Aboriginal people here. Um, and I I sort of mentioned that I don't know how to do that in America because it's a little bit less um common than here but I mention it you know what I mean just little things like that but I think um it's about also finding opportunities as a small to medium-sized business where you can do stuff that doesn't necessarily mean donating hundreds of thousands of dollars so we run an indigenous athlete scholarship program we give away three mentoring programs each year Mm -hmm. so it's 12 hours of our time we know it can help um and it also we don't use it to promote ourselves but we use it as a way of telling other businesses they should be doing stuff like that so that's why yeah we we do something every year we were involved with amnesty australia um, a few years ago raising awareness about refugees who were being locked up in mandatory detention for 10 years in some of them in a motel room like crazy you wouldn't you wouldn't believe this and uh, as a business we actually helped train athletes how to carry that message so we were behind the scenes but we knew that our work was sort of helping so yeah I think any business can do If you find something that you care about, you'll find a way to contribute to it that isn't just donating yeah. money, but it's carrying that message. That's so beautiful. And as you said, like it's like you don't know who will connect to 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 you as long as it's as it's something that really um, you know important for you. And um, and again, like and and as you said, eventually it's not only about the client; it's also about giving an example as a business owner. Uh, to other businesses about what they can do. You know, I have lived in, in Australia. I studied at, at UTS in Sydney. And I remember back then, um, Kevin Rod was the prime minister and he was uh, sharing this apology um, uh, apology letter, apology statement. And this is where I call it, I, I just got familiar with, with the Aboriginal, how deep this problem uh, was or still is. And you're coming to the States or other countries and you're giving them a piece of your world and then, glimpse of insight of, of, of other countries, um, problems, maybe hopes. And I think that's so amazing um, to share. And as a Marianne Williamson, American, I think she's a running, running for presidency or something in the US, she said that as you let your light shine, you help other people do the same. And that's exactly what I see you're doing. So it's beautiful. Thank you, Thank you so much. I feel the same about you, Afia. And the, the yeah. fact that you're doing podcast is just so perfect for you because I feel these these are the kind of rich conversations you would be having anyway. Yeah. So it's great that everybody else gets to listen in now. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you so much. I love you so much. And I hope to see you in Australia oh, anytime soon, maybe this year. Um, so I really want to... 
<laughs> I will. I will come in just a matter of time. But really, Vicky, I'm I'm so happy we got to to share this conversation. And as you said, just hit the record button so many other people could 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 use it. Um, thank you for your time and wonderful energy and and great great important practical insight. It's been a great pleasure. <laughs> and uh, thank you. And and when people when they wanna um, contact you. Um, I'll put some links next to this video, but is there any um, any place that they, you want to tell them that where can they reach out? Find me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. I don't post a huge amount, but I'm always there. So get in touch, shoot me a message. I'm happy to answer any questions if I can. And also our website, which is thebrandbuilders.com.au. Fantastic. And I'm also going to put a link to two of your four books, Sponsoring for Athletes and the athlete's brand that you don't have to be an athlete to learn the, the skills from it. Again, thank you so much. And thank you all for watching and listening the Liron Glickman show. It's on all of the listening uh, uh, podcast platforms and on YouTube. Uh, the show, our show, of course, explores the human factor around business and uh, entrepreneurship in our hybrid crazy world. Um, subscribe to the channel if you're watching it on YouTube. And again, thank you so much, Vicky from Down Under. And I'll see you next time. See you. Thanks so much, Lauren.